The New York Times has lost the remainder of its credibility, and SNL, not that it had credibility to begin with, it's siding with woke cancel culture, so that should be it for you with them as well. Today, it's the No Things Considered podcast. My name is Tim Young. If you haven't followed me before, you probably are seeing this through my social media at Tim Runs His Mouth slash Tim Young Comedian on Facebook. Uh, all, all of the things. You can find me all over the place. I contribute to Fox 5 here in D.C. I fill in on Sirius XM. Sometimes I write for the Washington Times. There's all sorts of things, all sorts of things I do. Enough about me. Let's talk about all of the things in the news. And by all the things, it's just two things. One is this Brett Kavanaugh story. As if it wasn't insane enough when he was uh, nominated to be a Supreme Court justice. He was accused of all sorts of like sexual things with no corroborating witnesses, no corroborating evidence, just something happened 30 years ago. That's what Christine Blasey Ford's thing was. And look, I'm not going to discount what she said. I think something did happen to her. Let's not talk about that. Let's skip right to Michael Avenatti. Michael Avenatti, of course, when he was doing his stuff. And by the way, when I say something happened to her, it wasn't from him, but Kevin Kavanaugh, I think someone else did something to her. The... Avenatti stuff with the gang rape parties that uh, a college girl claims she went to and was gang raped at multiple times. And the most unbelievable Michael Avenatti was watching porn right one night and came up with a story concept. That was insane. <clears throat> so let's, let's take it to where we are now with a book that was released this week. And I don't even know the name of the book. I'm going to, I'm going to, you're going to hear me using my computer, Kavanaugh book name. Is it the et no justice on trial? No, there's all there's all sorts of books. I mean, apparently the Kavanaugh was who you needed to uh, to uh, cash in on. Who is the new new book? Deborah, I, the education of Brett Kavanaugh. There we go. The education of Brett Kavanaugh because there, everybody cashed in on the Brett Kavanaugh thing. So everybody knows uh, they, they were just writing books. Who knows? Who knows what they're doing there? Anyway, listen. This Brett Kavanaugh book accuses him of forcing his penis into a girl's hand or some b. I'm trying not to swear on my podcast, but I will. Some bullshit that they say that he did put his penis in some woman's hand, whatever, blah, 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 blah. So they're running with this story. The New York Times runs with this story. They're like, oh, my God, smoking gun. We finally got him. Here we go. As if, like, where was this person at during his nomination for the Supreme Court? They saved it for a book, guys. Wasn't good enough to keep him off the Supreme Court. We saved it for a book that you can buy, right? Well, there's a reason they didn't save it for the nomination and the nominating process. It's not real. And no one read the book. None of the presidential candidates read the book. All the presidential candidates came out and they, uh, they, they said that he should be impeached. He should be thrown off the court. This is all the worst. All the Democrats, you know, the, the chorus, you know, they all, they're ready to cancel Brett Kavanaugh. We finally got him. We finally got the smoking gun. This is finally, this is it. We got him. It's over. Brett Kavanaugh's over. And then one person actually read the book. And I believe this when these books come out, like probably five people total read the entire book. And the one person who reads it is Molly Hemingway. God bless her. It was her anniversary on Sunday. <clears throat> it's her anniversary. I don't know what, I, I hope they did something for their anniversary other than her sit around and read her book. But she sits around and reads the book and it turns out that there's no evidence whatsoever. The person who they're claiming was assaulted by Brett Kavanaugh uh, will not testify to it, does not recall what was going on, and doesn't want any further interviews about it. All of this information 
All of the information in this situation comes from a former Clinton attorney named Max Steyer. Max Steyer, who went to school with Kavanaugh and who defended Clinton, Bill Clinton, during the uh, impeachment, is who's making all this stuff up. So this guy just kind of like spitballs, right? Or girl, I don't, I don't know what Max, Max is one of those like Sam, I don't know. Just starts throwing stuff out about Kavanaugh uh, uh, sexually assaulting a woman. The woman doesn't remember the incident. You'd think you'd remember the incident. He wasn't Bill Cosby in college or ever. You'd think you'd remember the incident. Uh, and then you'd think you'd want to come forward with the book. They, she didn't want to come forward with the book because it's not a real story. So they keep saying there's an accuser, there's an accuser, there's an accuser. And you think the accuser is the person, an accuser, Brett Kavanaugh, is the person who was uh, allegedly assaulted. It wasn't. The accuser is an attorney who worked for the Clintons. This is, this is mind-blowing. So the New York Times runs with this story. Then every Democrat candidate runs with this story. And then on Monday morning after Molly Hemingway, God bless her, on her anniversary, was the one person who read this stupid book, printed a, re a tiny retraction at the bottom. So it's like they went out in the street and they were like, Brett Kavanaugh's a racist. Oh, oh, racist. They might as well say that too. Brett Kavanaugh's a rapist. And while everyone's screaming and they got the mob riled up, they turned around and they were like, oh, and by the way, uh, we don't have any evidence of that. It's, uh, it's, it, I mean, just some guy told us something. So I, that's how, you wonder why they're called fake news. You wonder why they're called fake news. They wonder why they're called the enemy of the people. It's because of stories like this. The New York Times has lost all their credibility with me and not just me. I'm getting texts from people. I have I have progressive friends. Get over it. I have I, I, we can all get along. We can all have completely different opinions on politics. And I have progressive friends, and they talk to me, and we talk regularly, and we we talk about politics. We have very casual, uh, civil, because everybody in America basically is civil, except for the people we're going to talk about in the next segment. Conversation on politics, and they called me up, and they're like. That's it for the New York Times with us. This was ridiculous. It's political. And none of these candidates are going to walk it back, are they? And I'm like, no, they're not. They ran with Brett Kavanaugh as a rapist, again, dragging his name through the mud based off of false allegations from not even a, a, an alleged victim, from a Clinton attorney, former Clinton attorney, who is making up something about a victim that doesn't want to come forward. The term accuser is being used loosely here. Because it, it makes it seem like there is an actual person or an actual alleged victim. And then the entire story was just dropped as a bomb, an activist bomb to try to end Brett Kavanaugh again. And it worked. I mean, it didn't, it didn't end him, but like the disinformation was sown. You know, I, you, the left went nuts because a couple of Russians spent like $100,000 on Facebook to buy ads to quote unquote influence the uh, last election. That was the worst thing that's ever happened. What happens when the paper of record for America, one of the top papers in America, tries to, and there's my alarm going off, tries to ruin someone by pushing literal disinformation, literally pushing a lie to try to, to ruin someone. We all lost it when there was $100,000 or $120,000 of ads on the left there. They, they lost... They lost their minds. That's what cost Hillary Clinton the election. Remember, $120,000 of ads. What happens when the number one newspaper in America pushes a fake story? Oh, we ignore it. 
right? We just, it's over. Oh, whatever. They updated it. Do you see a difference there? Do you see, like, it's a double standard. Why should anyone trust that paper? Why should anyone trust CNN for running with that story? Why should anyone trust MSNBC for running with that story? Although I give MSNBC more credit than CNN because Joe Scarborough, who is no fan of Brett Kavanaugh or Donald Trump, actually said this was too far. You know, you know you lost it when you lost Joe Scarborough. It was terrible. This is terrible. What's been going on with Kavanaugh from the beginning is terrible. Remember, he was going to be confirmed, and then they had like a, it really seemed like it was a contingency plan to me. That Dianne Feinstein, that someone had come forward after he had been investigated, he had background checks on him, I think, three times already before by the FBI. Dianne Feinstein came forward with uh, some sort of late, late, she held on to the name of someone who uh, allegedly was assaulted by him and ended up being Blasey Ford and that, that whole story. And you saw how, I, we don't need to recount that entire thing, but it was a delay tactic to see if the uh, 2018 election would shift the Senate so then they could get rid of uh, any Trump nominee for the Supreme Court. That's what that was. But I, this, this is just, this really got me this time because I want to believe in the media. I want to believe that people are good at the end of the day and that people want to actually report and have credibility at the end of the day. But this was completely activist media. They wanted to get rid of Brett Kavanaugh. They've been trying to get rid of Brett Kavanaugh. They hate Donald Trump. They have Trump derangement syndrome and they are pushing an actual piece of disinformation, a disgusting piece of disinformation. They're trying to slander the guy. They're trying to defame him. And in this instance, I think he actually has a right to sue. He won't because he's a, a Supreme Court justice. But he has the ability. I think he could win here because they literally were basing that article off of that book that had that information in there that the accuser was not the woman who was allegedly assaulted and that she didn't want to come forward and testify it and she doesn't remember it ever happening, which means nothing happened. For those of you playing along, nothing happened. It's not a Bill Cosby situation. Nothing happened here. It's the, the grifters who have made it, L listen, there are, on, on the right, if somebody's a, uh, a, a conspiracy theorist or they push stupid things, they don't have the platforms that the left do. So the, left, the lefties who are crazy get good platforms and therefore get more credibility automatically. If the right had something equivalent, there would be an, you know, it, it would be there and they'd stick around longer and people would give more weight to crazy things that come out of the right. But the left, they have larger brand names that get pushed around and they have uh, you know more social media presence than a lot of the people on the right and and therefore the crazy stuff that they say holds weight as opposed to where on the right the crazy stuff the people on the right say does not all of that aside let's talk about this other story shane gillis is a comedian who was picked up by snl and then quickly gotten rid of by snl why because he made fun of Asian people and was trying to be funny about Asian people on a podcast. I believe that was the main thing that he said. I'm sure he said lots of other things. Uh, we need to talk about this because it's cancel, It's called cancel culture. When somebody starts to get successful, some effing loser sits in their parents' basement and goes through everything that they've ever done in their lives. Dave Chappelle covered this in his special. Everything they've ever done in their lives. And the one, the one time they say something or the, the couple of times they say something that might be offensive to woke people, they throw it out on the internet and the internet mob shows up, God knows how big or how small it is, it's probably very small, of all these other people who are not successful in their lives and have to go be baristas. Mm -hmm. Not that I'm saying baristas aren't successful, blah, 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 but they're being baristas, getting jealous of people who are on television. So they go digging around for things as much as they can and see if they can't eliminate this person's dream. So that's what they did with Shane Gillis. So 
He uh, did a podcast where he made fun of Asian people, did, you know, the stupid accent, talk, you know, mispronounced noodles, did all sorts of dumb stuff, right? And it's just, it's dumb, whatever, it's stupid. But here's the thing. He's a comedian. This isn't, he's not up for political office. He's trying to be funny. And you swing and miss when you're funny. But also, I mean, I, I know about swinging and missing being funny, but like, in this instance... And anytime you hang out with comics, comics say offensive things. They try to be funny. He was on the record. He was on. He knew there was a microphone in front of him, as there's a microphone in front of me now. And he was trying to make a joke that just didn't work to a group of people. It was, I mean, sure, if people want to say, oh, it's racist, it's terrible. I mean, yes, if, if you're not trying to be funny, it is racist. But he was trying to be funny, and it, it crashed and burned to a group of people. And it was woke people. And they're like, it's time to end him now, because how dare he get on our woke show, SNL, which it is, don't, let's start with, we should have started with that. SNL is now woke, right? I mean, they're, we, we don't want to offend anybody. Everything has to be, like, we have to tick lots of boxes before we go on air. Uh, we need to have, you know, all sorts of, just all of the lefty things. And this, they showed their hand. If we're playing poker, they showed their hand when... Kate McKinnon, after the 2016 election, they had a cold open where Hillary Clinton played the piano. Her character, Kate McKinnon's character of uh, Hillary Clinton, played the piano and sang hallelujah as if it was a effing funeral for Hillary Clinton and everyone was depressed in America. Everyone was not depressed in America. Half of America thought it was great, right? But they showed their hand. It wasn't funny. They were depressed. They were sad. And they were like, let's do a moving tribute to the death of our political party here because we love and worship Hillary Clinton. And that's exactly what they did. And so that they showed their hand. You know exactly what's going to happen on SNL from that point forward. And it has been that. Nothing nothing but that nonstop. You know, they helped push the Russian conspiracy stuff. You want to go with disinformation, the Russian, con the Russian collusion with the Trump campaign, they helped push it as well. If we're going to go with this, you know, how terrible $120,000 on social media was when the Russians did it. We're going to ignore when the New York Times pushes a completely patently false story that they knew was false. And you see SNL pushing this Russian collusion thing and everything else. Listen, hey, if we're going to, if we're going to be woke, if we're going to call out every little thing, then there you go. But anyway, so the, the woke cancel culture people who are sitting in their parents' basements who barely make it by going and, you know, they probably have an Etsy store where they make jewelry for themselves and other people and try to charge, you know, $15 for you know, penny necklaces or whatever they are. They go and try to dig up everything they can on this guy and and try to end his career based off of a, a couple of things he said. Listen, I'm a comic. I do not perform as much as I'd love to, but I get to do television. I get to do radio. I get to do this. I get to be quoted and do everything else. Like, I, my hand's everywhere. I'm, I'm constantly commenting on things. I wish I got to perform more. But one of the things I knew and one of the things I learned from very brilliant, very funny comics is that some of the darkest conversations I've ever had in my life are held backstage at a comedy show. Awful things that you would never say in person uh, with anyone else, but people are trying to be funny and trying to see what works and trying to gauge things off of other comics. People tweet things out trying to be funny. He was clearly on a podcast trying to be funny. And they're trying to cancel him based off of that. Look, people are going to be offended by something all the time. And, and I don't necessarily agree with what he said either, okay? Uh, I, I'll just, not necessarily, I just, I, you know, it wasn't, I didn't think it was funny. It's dumb. It was dumb. I, I don't do, like, accent poor, 
um, you know, Asian humor and whatever, making fun of the food. I think it's remedial, but that doesn't mean that he should be canceled because of it. That doesn't mean his, his comedy career should come to an end. How dare he make it to SNL and have said things. He was trying to be funny, and comedians are, are dark people. They say funny things. They say awful things backstage. I mean, they, you got to try, right? It's free speech. It, the, comedy, the career of comedy, the profession of comedy, is the cornerstone of free speech. It's people pushing the edge, people trying to be different than the cultural and accepted norm in order to get a laugh. And that's all he was doing. Did he swing and miss? Yes. But what, what do you want? I mean, if you want woke comedy, then just go to like a, you know, I don't even know. What, what does woke comedy look like? People complaining the entire time and then cussing you out when you say they're not funny? Because that happened uh, just this week as well. There was uh, two guys. I don't know what their names are. They were on the, uh, the Hot Ones uh, podcast video cast where they eat uh, hot wings, like incredibly spicy wings and answer, answer questions. It's kind of a fun show to watch, by the way. And uh, a friend of mine, a great journalist, John Levine from, I believe, the New York Post now, commented, oh, so it was these two PC comics, and they were talking about how they need to be politically correct in comedy and how they won't make jokes about things anymore, <clears throat> probably because they, they're friends with these woke people who want to cancel people like Shane Gillis for trying things that end up not being funny. Anyway, so he comments, my buddy John Levine tweets out and comments, um, I, I bet they're about as funny as lead paint. I bet their humor is about as funny as lead paint or something like that. And one of them, this is their, you know, they're talking about how they need to be PC and whatnot. Tweets at him, uh, at me next time, pussy. And I'm like, wait, wait a second. I thought you were supposed to be woke. I thought you were supposed to be PC. Why would you say something? Why would you attack somebody like that? And also, a comedian should have thick skin to be able to take a little bit of criticism. Sorry that a big baby couldn't take criticism from my friend John Levine, who was coming down on, again, PC, woke culture. There are lines being drawn here, by the way. These people don't want free speech to happen anymore. That's where it starts. You start to take out the comedians because they say something offensive at some point uh, to you personally, maybe not to other people, maybe not to an audience that they knew. Obviously, Shane Gillis, if he was able to make it to the level of SNL, understands what his audience liked at some point. All comedians understand who's coming to see them when they're making a bigger name for themselves. And he knew that saying what he was saying worked for that audience. If it doesn't work for you, you know what you can do? You can turn it off. You can turn it off. And it goes away. It's, ama it's amazing how that works, right? So uh, coming to his defense were uh, Andy Kindler, who unfortunately watched CNN last night, who's a great comedian, great writer. I believe he used to write for uh, uh, David Letterman a lot. And Norm MacDonald, who everybody knows. And they are both saying, this is cancel culture and this is bad. And of course, the woke... The woke Twitter mobs are going after them. How dare, how dare you take up for a racist? How dare you take up for a homophobe? How dare you take for... That's not who they're taking up for. Who they're taking up for is their profession of comedy and people being canceled. It's not what he said. It's that he should have the ability to say it. And that's, that's what's happening here. A comedian trying something funny is going to swing and miss. And it was a swing and a miss. It was, I didn't, but maybe somebody did find it funny. Who, who are we to judge that? It's free speech. We can say what we want. And this group of people wants to cancel people. They want to end them based off of 
something a comedian tried. And that's not right. And that will end a profession because that will then, what we learned from this is that SNL will not hire you if you're not woke, right? So that path for a comedian who is trying edgier things, a comedian who's saying things that about race or about sex or sexuality or whatever they're trying to push is never going to be hired by SNL now. They're going to look through everything they've ever said and say, oh no, we, we don't want you here. We're, we're more interested in having a, uh, Hillary Clinton, sad, sad tributes to Hillary Clinton instead of bringing in something edgy. And that's what's happening. These people want to cancel other people's success because they don't agree with what they said, because they're pretending to be offended. Let's be very honest here. How many people are actually offended by things? I always think that this like social justice warrior, it's, it's fake offense, right? You have to be like, oh, oh, I can't believe you said that. Oh, I'm so, I'm so broken up about it. Oh, let me tweet about it. Let me get some attention for it. This, I don't believe that people are actually truly offended by things. I think if someone is called a name directly, if there's a, a slur that's used towards someone, I think that's when the offense actually happens. I don't think that most of the mob that weighs in is there because they're offended. I think they're there because they want attention. So they're there to... Uh, get their likes, get their retweets, get, you know, rub, rub all of the attention all over their face that they happen to be part of a group that's helping end someone else's career and canceling someone else. I think that's what, what's going on there. Because you're not, I mean, come on. The stuff, I was watching the clips that, that uh, offended people, and I go, ugh. It's like a groaner, like, oh, God. You know, I'm, I wasn't thrilled by it, but it's like, and I said, you know, earlier, it's remedial, it's dumb. But, you know... Was I offended by it? Would If I were an Asian person, would I be offended by it? No. No, it's just stupid. It's just stupid stereotypes. If you're offended by it, you probably like, you probably got some issues and, and, and need a safe space for yourself forever. Put yourself in a padded room and lock yourself away from the world. Pe- people are mean, right? People are mean in the world. And if you can't handle people's words, then you've got a lot of problems. It just, this this stuff bothers me, and, and the mob that comes after people, this is just giving into the mob. They showed, they showed here that SNL will listen to the mob, and that there's at least a group of uh, executives somewhere who will pay attention when uh, people scream and yell on Twitter about something someone said years ago in the past that they may now regret. We didn't even get to whether or not he regrets saying it or whether or not he thought it was funny. And it wouldn't matter anyway. Because nothing's, nothing's enough to appease the mob. You'll never make them happy. You move a little bit, they'll move the line more. It'll be something else. Oh, it's not good enough, blah, 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 blah. He's got to do this. You know, I mean, literally, they could, they could be like, well, it'll be fine if we tar and feather you one day after you apologize. And he goes and gets tarred and feathered and be like, you know what? We're still offended by it. You need to do something else. Keep dancing. Because while we're sitting in our basements, barely making it off of our barista job, trying to ruin a successful person's life because of something they said years ago, a comedian who was trying something years ago, it'll never be enough. That's their entertainment. That's where they're getting their, their jollies. That's where they're getting off. Cancel culture is bad, people. And it, it's a threat to free speech. And uh, we shouldn't trust the New York Times either anymore. But anyway, so Andy Kindler then went on uh, Twitter last night and he was like, why Don Lemon and Chris Cuomo are playing the offensive card, we're offended card on CNN, basically, for an industry they don't understand. Of course they are, because it's clickbait and they're crying and sad and the whole nine. I mean, it's, it's the same thing over and over again. I think this is waking up a lot more people as to how the media is being manipulated now as well. And I think that's a good thing. I think people should be paying attention. 
But I, I will say this, this cancel culture, this woke culture, these people would have you say nothing except for what they prescribe for you to say. And they would give you no platform if you were a Trump supporter whatsoever. And, and this Shane Gillis thing and uh, Norm MacDonald standing up for him in this comedy thing has nothing to do with politics. It has everything to do with a, a culture of people who are pretty much fascist. They want to stop free speech so that you will only say things that they say and, and not for any moral ground, but so that they can ex exercise their power over someone else. It's comedy. It's free speech. People screw up. People make mistakes. Get over it. Dave Chappelle said that at the very beginning of his special. He led with this uh, about how everybody in the audience is going to dig through everything they can and they want to ruin everything in your life just based off of something you said in the past. It's ridiculous. It has to end and you got to take a stand against it. And I'm glad Norm MacDonald and Andy Kindler are too. Look, people are going to say stuff you disagree with. People are going to say things that offend people. Those people who are offended don't have to listen. They don't have to listen. They don't have to watch. They also don't have to ruin someone's life every time they're offended. It's stupid. That's it for the No Things Considered podcast today, guys. I want to thank you for listening. My name is Tim Young. You can follow me at Tim Runs His Mouth. You can go to uh, facebook.com slash Tim Young Comedian. Uh, but please, if you like the podcast, like, subscribe, share it with your friends. I'm very excited to keep doing these for you. Uh, we haven't done any sponsorships yet, but if you want to sponsor, you can happily sponsor, especially if you're a bourbon company, because I have a problem with bourbon. And when I say I have a problem with bourbon... It was a collection, and now it's borderline hoarding because I have so many different bottles of bourbon. It's awesome. And I might start incorporating that into the show, but I am taping this in the morning, and I'm not a morning drinker. So that's, that's a thing. Uh, I want to thank you guys for listening. Like, share, subscribe. That's all I got. Till next time. See you later.